to Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. A weekly podcast here. The discussion is about the most recent horror and genre films. Intelligent talk on a genre that deserves intelligence. A conversation between co-hosts discussing not only the film, but also the connotation that the directors and screenwriters are trying to articulate. When you want more than a review, listen to Dark Discussions. And speaking of perception, there's just one more scene I want to talk about, which is after Caleb discovers that Kyoto's a robot, Kyoto kind of peels off her skin, showing him what's underneath. Now, wait a minute. I know where you're going with this, but tell me you weren't already thinking this 15 minutes earlier in the film. Exactly what he's thinking at that moment. Which is he's a robot, too. Oh, I consider the possibility. Right, and that's what I like, is the fact that the writers are smart enough to know that this is what the audience would be thinking. We've all seen Blade Runner. <laughs> right. Exactly. www.darkdiscussions.com Wherever podcasts are found. Hello, welcome once again to Dark Discussions, your place for discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I'm one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the US of A, and with me in the state of Michigan. Hi, this is Eric. I did not do any PCP, unlike Phil. <laughs> Hey, how's it going? <laughs> All right. That's good. That's good. Well, I'm, I'm very worried because I'm, I'm doing it on my first floor instead of my basement. I'm recording because I have to. Oh, they let you out of the kids. basement? Well, I'm listening for the kids. Congratulations. Well, I'm, I'm watching, quote unquote, watching the kids and they're upstairs in their bed. And mm. I'm, I'm very concerned that they will cause havoc and stuff. So They uh, usually do. And when did you do your PP, the, uh, PCP? <laughs> That, that's my initials. So, so there, there you go. There you go. That's my initials. Anyway, uh, in the state of New York. Hi, this is me, Mike. Mike, how's it going? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? Are you coming down? Good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was doing it quick because I'm like, like in panic mode. <laughs> and and uh, somehow. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia. This is Barrett. Barrett, how are you? Good. Excellent. All right. So for folks who are new to the podcast, uh, we are the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. It's a website that has various uh, podcasts, uh, five or ten uh, that are are pretty consistent, and uh, news articles, uh, release notices, all sorts of things, so uh, people should go and check that out when uh, they uh, have time. Also, you can email us at drdiscussions.aol.com, or uh, just press the contact us on on the menu on the drdiscussions.com website, and there's a little box pops up, and you fill it in like a, like, you know, uh, you're, you're writing to a company or something, and it sends an email directly to us. And we will read your email on the podcast. Eric, what else can people find on that website? They can find links to our Patreon page. Uh, Patreon is a service that lets you financially support your online artists like us. Producing this show is not free. We have to pay for things like web servers, uh, computer equipment, movie rentals, so on and so forth. So if you'd like to help offset the cost of producing this show, that's how you can do it. You can go to patreon.com slash darkdiscussions. Or follow the Patreon badge on any page of darkdiscussions.com. Excellent. And uh, anything uh, that you send, 
through that website would be appreciated, uh, as Eric mentioned. Um, now, uh, let's see. Uh, I don't think there's any other things of note. Well, if there's time at the end of the podcast, we will uh, give our uh, what we've been watching or any news that we've seen that's related to genre. Um, but uh, we'll wait until the end if we do have time. Uh, one other thing is is that Dark Discussions has been around for 11 years. And uh, so, if you've been a follower of us, thank you for your uh, commitment. Um, all right, let's get into our topic tonight. And uh, oh, yeah, so uh, for folks who are curious, we usually talk about uh, horror, sci fi, fantasy thrillers, techno thrillers, mysteries, grindhouse, art house, midnight movies, farm films, cult films, and whatnot. Basically, talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. And tonight, we do have a film to discuss. And Eric, uh, what is that film that we're going to discuss? Tonight, we're going to be talking about the 2021 movie currently available for uh, digital rental, Howard's Mill. And what were you doing on the property? My wife and I are what you call amateur treasure hunters. We take our metal detectors to empty lots of farms and search for stuff. Where is your wife now? 911, what's your emergency? Emily went missing 32 days ago. My name is Kaiser Whitmire. Me and my college classmate, Charlie Burris, are film students in Nashville, Tennessee. We read about the disappearance of Emily Nixon and her husband Dwight's ongoing search for her while also remaining the primary suspect. What we thought was going to be a single day of filming turned into much more than that. Something more mysterious more unexplainable, more sinister. This has happened before. In 1994, a little girl named Sarah Winston disappeared. I love you, Dad. Right there at Howard's Mill. Oh my goodness, honey. Birthday, Sarah, baby. Sarah. Sarah! Good Lord. Where'd she go? Sarah! Sarah! I mean, word gets around, it's a small town. And everybody knows a little bit about everything that goes on. I think Dwight Nixon killed his wife. Man, I hate to speculate on stuff like that. Wayne Ritchie didn't kidnap anybody. Well, what about Tara Edwards? You remember the Lopez case? The boy said he disappeared into the earth. Being stuck in the ground, that's sort of a wild story. You believe in the supernatural? When the lights came back on, She's gone. I was just looking up, and there's one big light come across, and then it's gone. That's because she's not dead. She's still out there. Local authorities have discovered human remains. They took her, not me. Who took her away? You answer me. Sneaking around ain't helping your case in. Did you kill your wife? That's right. Howard's Mill is a film that can be rented anywhere. Uh, films are available. Uh, it also can be watched free with commercials on both Voodoo and Tubi, if people so desire. And uh, the film, um, it's very confusing. Uh, the director and writer of the film, Eric, um, <laughs> do, do we know what it says on screen? 
I don't have that written down, unfortunately. Yeah, it's different than what's on IMDb, but either way, um, when you search around the internet, it says it's co-written and directed by directed by two people and written by three people, including the person that's written on the screen. So we'll we'll just skip all that and not worry about Apparently, it. Apparently, whoever's on the screen is just missing from IMDb because exactly. I've got one director and two writers here. Yeah, yeah, same here. And then, then the actors, uh, there's really no information on any of them. So we're, we're going to skip all the stuff behind the scenes because of this weird confusion and just talk about the film in general. Well, and, and I yeah, think sorry. it might be intentional, actually, um, because this movie is a faux documentary. And I think maybe when it first came out, they were trying to fool people into thinking it was real. So perhaps the two sets of credits was uh, something uh, aiming towards that result. Hold on. So, Eric, this isn't real? <laughs> I thought this was a real movie. Oh, no, no, it's yeah. not a real film. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, for folks who uh, listen to this episode, probably have noticed it uh, already because uh, both myself and Eric mentioned it during the 2021 recap episode uh, that came out uh, just prior to this one uh, or, or a couple of weeks earlier from this one. Uh, so that's where you may have heard about it at one time, though you may have heard about it elsewhere too, as uh, Eric mentioned on that episode, uh, he heard about it from another podcast and that's how he discovered it. So uh, Eric, let's go around and do our thoughts on uh, how, well, how we found about, how we found out about the film and our thoughts on the film. So let's start with you, Eric, since you brought it to most people's attention, at least on this podcast. Okay. Um, I heard about it uh, when I was listening to the exploding heads, horror movie podcast, do their uh, best of 2021 show. Uh, a couple of the hosts had it on their list, and they were actually pretty awesome about not spoiling anything. They just said, it's really good. Go watch it. Uh, so I did, and I agree. Uh, this film's a whole lot of fun. Um, yeah, and uh, I actually watched it again with my friends Dan and Susie, uh, and I tried to fool them. I, <laughs> I told them it was real, um, but but Dan figured it out. I'll I'll tell you where he figured it out once we get into spoiler territory. Um, but it's it's still a, a I think it's a very effective faux documentary, uh, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. All right, sounds good. Um, yeah, for me, I heard about it because Eric texted me and said, "Oh, Phil, I just saw this film that I think you would enjoy." Uh, so I I, I watched it uh, on his recommendation, and um, I did enjoy it a, a lot. Um, not only because it's well done, but because it alludes to a type of monster that uh, I am uh, very fond of. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, communist. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm not fond of those people now. Uh, but either way, uh, I, uh, I watched it, and yeah, I, I liked it a whole lot as well. Um, it's really good. Um, it's uh, hard to really talk about without spoiling, um, but uh, it could be thrown into the found. Some people would throw it into the found footage, but it really would be called maybe more a cinema vera. Tasa, I don't know how you pronounce it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so something like that. So it's in that category of, of films. Um, and we haven't seen many um, that have been done well 
and recently because you know as, as we know we had a few really good ones and then everybody started doing them like zombie films because they were cheap and easy uh but this one uh came out of nowhere and it's uh, pretty good uh doesn't have much buzz um and i'm su- i'm surprised they stumbled upon it the exploding heads because it's like how do you know about it unless you just well, those guys watch everything <laughs> there you go, there you go. so uh yeah i recommend uh for me uh let's go with you uh barrett um I enjoyed the film. I think you guys built it up a little too much for me because I, I like the ideas in the film more than I like the actual film. So it was okay. I, you know, I enjoyed it. Uh, it, was not, it would not have been in my top ten. All right, sounds good. Uh, Mike? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not that fond of the film, and it, it's not because it doesn't do what it does well. It's that it's just not for me. Um, I could be forgetting things because I've been watching, I've, you know, the first faux documentary I can think of that I can, that I watched was the last broadcast, which came out around the same time as Blair Witch. And a lot of people were saying, um, well, Blair Witch didn't do found footage first. Last broadcast came out like right before it. Now it was so much better. And as you point out, Blair Witch's found footage last broadcast was a faux documentary. And people do lump them together, right? Because they're they're incorporating fake footage of as if it's real, but the presentation style is completely different. And the the whole faux documentary thing just doesn't work for me. The other one I can think of that I uh, I'd watched, um, I just forgot. I don't remember what. Oh, it was. Uh, Lake Mongo, maybe. Lake, Lake, Mo- Mongo. Lake Mongo. Which everybody yeah. and their brother and sister left track marks on the screen because they loved it so much and um i I, for me it was just uh, okay because i mean the thing for me about documentaries well done documentaries are that you know they're telling you something about that's real where for me a fake documentary is like watching a movie about somebody telling you about the movie they just saw they're they're telling you about a story that doesn't really happen, um, and it puts that extra sort of layer of be, between it, you know. That I'd rather just watch the story rather than a, people telling me about the story. Well, let me ask you something, Mike, because you're certainly entitled to your opinion. But you also uh, you really enjoyed that movie. I think it was called Scare Me, where it was just the people sitting around telling the stories. Yeah. So how can you like that, but not the fake documentary? Because this is shot like a documentary. That wasn't. Huh. Does that make any sense? Okay. That was using things like sound to 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 present the story. And you, you, were, you realize you, that most movies are telling you a story that's not real, right? No, <laughs> most movies are showing you a story. Uh-huh. You're showing you. Oh, some OK, gotcha. All right. I think I understand your distinction. Uh-huh. So it's right. It's the difference. It, and yeah, that's the difference. And, you know, there are things like, oh, God, I can't remember his name. There was a guy, um, I'm, damn it, who uh, was famous for doing like stage shows where he would just tell stories, like read story. And Pearson Keeler. That's probably it. Right. <laughs> and that's. Um, and, you know, that takes a particular type of performance to be captivating. Fake documentaries don't attempt to tell a story in a captivating way, in like in the same sort of theatrical way. 
It's telling it as if it's a documentary, hence the reason it's a fake documentary. And I'm <laughs> just saying that does it's not a conscious decision on my part. I just can't get into it. Fair enough. And and that and I, I the, that's the best I can think of. And it just it just keeps me one step removed too much from the story to me to get pulled into the story. Okay. And so, yeah, so it just, it just doesn't work for me. I'm not going to be one of these people who says that, well, that sucks. Cause it's no, I just, it just doesn't work for me. Okay. That's cool. I, was just I, I, think, I think, I think if you get into that stuff, if you can immerse yourself on it, and it, it certainly seemed, I mean, the actors were convincing the, the plot was kind of interesting, but so if you like that kind of stuff, I think this would be a decent entry. Cool. All right, fair enough. Um, all right, so uh, that's our thoughts on the film, uh, the four of us. Um, so uh, I guess uh, we can get into um, the wiki, Eric. Wiki, wiki. <laughs> uh, the description on IMDb says an abandoned piece of farmland in rural Tennessee may hold the key to multiple missing persons cases spanning over 40 years. Right. Um, that's a good one. I think it doesn't say too much. Right. Uh, I like it. Yeah. And uh, that's right. I forgot it was Tennessee, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Springfield, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if that exists. Say, I didn't bother looking up. I was fully expecting the people to be much more um, yellow. In Springfield. Oh, bum, 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 there you go. So at least it's, it told you something, even if you didn't like the film. Um, all right. So uh, let's see. Um, so for folks who are curious, uh, once again, um, Dark Discussions podcast uh, not only reviews films, but we also critique and dissect film so uh we get into spoilers and all that but we usually throw up or we usually we do throw up a spoiler alert when we do get into that part of the podcast but before then we generally talk about general things um so uh, i guess we can start with some general things so uh faux documentaries um yeah so uh mike you mentioned lake mongo and stuff yeah i i actually saw lake mongo at the theaters during the um, that uh, whatever that film festival that was going out uh, that included a bunch of films like Mulberry Street and stuff, and Lake Mongo was one of them, and um, it was well done and it's creepy, Don't but then, like, yeah, yeah, that's it, exactly, exactly. Uh, and the problem was is that with Lake Mongo is that like when you you get into like seventy percent of the film, they admit that that whole seventy percent of the film was just made up by. The, the brother it's like what and then the last 30 percent of the film they're trying to say that but you never know there still doesn't explain what that weird uh film footage from the sister before she disappeared even though it really wasn't that weird the film footage she just filmed something and then disappeared um but then they show during the credits pictures with 
the ghost of the sister or something in the background. And it's like, why don't they show all that during the regular part of the documentary film? So I, I understand your, your problems with Lake Mongo. Uh, though we almost did it as an episode because uh, Chrissy had a chance to choose a film. And it was either between that film or that Del Toro film that took place in Spain. I forget the name of it. That's one of uh, the best ones. If, if it took place yeah, in Spain. Uh, yeah, the one that put him on the map uh, to the uh, whole world. I forget what it Anne was. Anne Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and for a moment there, I was very, I was disappointed. I was like, ah, I wish it. Yeah, I mean, it's, Lake Mongo's good, but it's like I was hoping she would choose something else. And I kind of said, well, you know, you could pick something else. And then she picked Pan's Labyrinth, and I was like, no. <laughs> So, because you don't like good movies. Uh, no, I'm just not a fan of Delta. <laughs> um, but that's just me. Um, however, uh, I see your point, Mike, uh, with that film. Uh, when did you see Lake Mongo? And and what do you think it was because it was overhyped to you? Similar to what Barrett just mentioned that, oh, you know, you overhyped this film. It was still good, but it was just overhyped. Or do you think it was just so-so? Oh, it's because, I mean... I think just the structure of it doesn't work for me. It's all set up, you know, an hour and 20 minutes for really a, of, of, again, people trying to scare you with about a thing that really happened when you know it didn't really happen. And then they show you a reveal at the end of a photograph that makes you go, Ooh, but you're like, <laughs> but it's still not real. <laughs> you know, it's just you're trying to pretend. You know, you're like by by insisting to me that it's real, you're not allowing me to pretend that it is. You know, it does that make any sense? I understand yeah. that. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I understand it. No, I'm <laughs> right. I'm, I'm speaking to me entirely in the way. No, my, I know. No, we get it, Mike. It's cool. Yeah, I'm don't just like saying my mind. I'm watching this. Like I refuse, and I like some. I refuse to be. I refuse to accept this as belief. No, it's, I'm certainly went in with a very open mind, and I'm like in the middle of of consuming my meal and realizing, you know, I just I just don't like this. It's just well, it's I, funny because well, what, what's all comment on on that? So Barrett, you you comment on 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 what you're going to say and whatnot. Yeah, well, I was just going to express that the way you guys talked about it. You said it was a slow burn, but I don't really think that you expressed enough how slow a burn it is. And I mean, it is a slow burn from beginning to end. And that's kind of what it kind of drew me out. Cause it wasn't keeping my attention the whole time. There were times when I was just, my mind was wavering off onto other things. Um, so we used the correct words, but you don't like that. We use those words. No, you did not express it strongly enough. What what would be the correct way to express it? I'm not sure, but I'm just telling you, you did you did not prepare me for how slow a burn it was. Well, that you have to wait well, for one shot at the end, either right before, or during, or after the credits, and that's the money shot. <laughs> yeah, I see your point there, Mike. Um, it, it, well, it's, watch you're going to watch the yeah. Porn, well, that's 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 the little free guy that doesn't show up for for an hour and a half. Well, well, that that thing is that the, for, for me and Eric, we we and I think I can speak for you, Eric. We we watch a lot of these type of documentaries. Um, you know, we watched one about the, a lot the, occasionally. Well, yeah, occasionally. I mean, we watched one about the guy that possibly murdered all those people in Idaho, and he never got uh, arrested, mm-hmm. and he's now living in like North 
Carolina and stuff. And, and that, you know, it was similar to that, you know, not nothing um, exciting in, in the sense of a movie, but it was interesting and very informative. Um, I, I, I got to say, I, I agree with you. There are a lot of documentaries I watch. I watch a lot of true crime. I watch a lot of different things. And this one just didn't hold my attention like most of those do. That's my problem with it. Well, and and this might also be a thing is that when I watch stuff and I and I watch a lot of documentaries for school and and whatnot, but it's there's always in my head a bullshit sensor that I have <laughs> that I just have turned on. There was um, a documentary came out ten no Christ fifteen twenty years ago I think it was called What the Bleep Do We Know, and it's spewed a whole bunch of absolute horseshit like that Native Americans weren't able to see the. Columbus's ships because they had no notion of what a boat was. <laughs> and like my oh, friends, that's like, okay, that's, that's... I suppose if I'm a fucking idiot, I could believe that. But it's <laughs> shit. It's like, and so, and, and and to me, when you're doing it as a documentary and hear the story about these people disappearing and weird things happening, it's yeah, I'm watching a movie about a real serial killer and people who really died, as opposed to. Here's that's a, a good, thing. That's, that's a good point. Yeah, doesn't actually happen. And by the way, and I kind of do this. There's a different filter on. Like when I'm watching, um, uh, I remember when I was teaching the forensics class, and it was the year that uh, Making a Murderer came out on Netflix. Um, I, I'm watching that, and I'm thinking. I know I've got students watching, but I'm like, there was definitely things like, like, wow, this is interesting. If it's true. Right. And then when you dig in, yeah, there's a lot of true stuff there, but then a lot of bullshit, not bullshit, a lot of stuff they edited out or carefully edited around to make, to tell a particular story that was being in some cases disingenuous. And that's a, a guard and a filter maybe that I have on my brain when I'm watching a documentary that I don't just allow myself most of the time to get fully immersed in it. And maybe when I'm watching a faux documentary, I just can't turn that off. And therefore, the bullshit detectors never get turned off. They're just constantly going. But I think part of it is also the fact that I can't get engrossed in a thing that I'm, you know, I'm being told is true. And I know just is, a, is all bullshit. So that might be it just from my point of view. I'm just trying to figure out why I don't get into it. But that's, but, you know, that's enough about me. This is not my, pod, my well, about me <laughs> podcast. This is not my well, well, podcast. Found footage podcast. All right, all right, all right, we, we get the idea. But calm down, calm down. Take a breath. Take a breath. <laughs> but but I, I have to agree with your point, Mike, about the the money shot, both in Lake Mungo and in this film, because those money shots, if they were that important, would have been put in the middle of the, the film or even at the beginning, and they would talk about that and then go on about it. So by adding it at the end in both of those films, it's like it kind of takes you out of the quote unquote faux documentary. If you want to, you know, have, do your suspension of disbelief. I, mean, I, I wasn't even thinking of that because by that point, um, um, the film's over, but you know, that's another great point, which is that, you know, if they were making this documentary and that, well, that thing happened at the end, that happens at the end. Yeah. That, 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 that would be like the, 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 away the previous 90 minutes. We got something brand new to do. Oh, right. Yeah. That would be front and center. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. That, 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 that would be like headline that, news. That would fuck the fuck the fin, the, the film uh, the the, uh, the film festival circuit. We're going straight to sixty minutes. 
Sure, sure. Well, so we we get that. Yeah, uh, you know, though some people would say, "Oh, it's still it's probably phony or whatever." But either way, um, I guess my problem with your argument, and it is legit, your argument, and it's good. But my one problem is the point is is to watch a film and if you enjoy it or not as a film, rather than, I guess, complain at the, f- the format, in, in this case, a faux documentary. And, and it seems that... There are, there are people who just they can't get found footage to work for them. There are people who can't enjoy musicals. Whatever it is, it's just, for me, this, gotcha, gotcha. this is not me walking right. in and saying, gotcha. I'm not going to like it. I'm saying, I don't. I, maybe that's the reason why. I, I just can't tell you. It just doesn't work for me. However, I do like them. Actually, that's <laughs> fair enough. So, so, so the film may just not work fully for Barrett. While with Mike, it's just a a, a format you don't like. For example, I don't really like musicals. Well, I haven't seen I one like, like mystical realism much or whatever. What's that? Yeah, or, or I just haven't found one that works for me. Is would be would at the very because I haven't seen a whole bunch of them, but I've seen three. Well, certainly the ones I've seen have been generally well regarded. Sure, sure, sure. The fourth one uh, that I, I know of is um, Cannibal Holocaust, because that's a faux documentary as well. Um, so uh, let's see. What else do we want to talk about uh, related to this film well, without spoiling? Yeah, I was going to say, there's some stuff I want to get into once we're past the spoiler flag. But one <laughs> thing I do want to – I want to and, – and Barrett, I'm not trying to shit on you. But no, that's fine. I'm trying to help you – I've come to learn for myself that helps me enjoy movies more, um, which is that never have any expectations. I know it's a human <laughs> don't thing. Let and other I have people a hard hype it up. Don't don't I know. just uh, <laughs> always go into every movie, assuming it's going to be a piece of shit. And that way, when you run into one that's not, you're pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I know. I want to I want to I try to do that. It doesn't always work. I want to interject with what Eric said, and uh, he's given me the same speech, Barrett. So, well, and I have to it, say, if it weren't two people whose opinions I respect, I wouldn't have gone in that way. Okay, so let well, me give I you. Feel like I, I hyped it up that list. Barrett, let me give you a word of advice here. Don't ever respect anybody else's opinions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's true too. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's that's fair too. That's fair too. Mike just shits on everybody around him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mike does. Yeah. That's true too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there was, uh, but yeah, I, I want to mention one thing that made me just really laugh in this movie. <laughs> well, and I know there were spoiler flag. It's not a spoiler, I don't think. Okay. It's just right. one thing that one guy mentioned. There's a point where one guy is talking about. I don't dig up the graves here because of some whatever. And I'm like, so he must dig up graves somewhere else. <laughs> I just found that so weird. It's like in the middle of the film, and it just cracked me up. I, I don't know. It brought me. Oh, but wasn't that wasn't that wasn't that the slow guy? Yeah, the neighbor. No, yeah. it wasn't him. It was a different guy, wasn't it? I don't recall. Yeah, but see, for me, that's the kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you gonna... that that gives it some naturalism. Like, yeah, yeah. Nobody could. Well, no professional writer got paid to write that line. 
without somebody then immediately calling bullshit on that line, right? Or making a like a like having Robert Downey Jr. pop in and go, "So where are you digging up the bodies?" You know. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, I mean, so that kind of people make those kind of misstatements or weird statements a lot, just because we're all speaking off the cuff. So that gives it a little bit of realism, yeah, and yeah. the authenticity of it. But yeah, you're still going to laugh at it. I liked it. Uh, just saying it, that it just was hilarious. Well, and and I yeah, get what you're saying about it being slow buried, but I also I just uh, for me personally, um, I appreciated the craft of the movie because I feel like if you didn't know it was fake, like if you'd never seen this before and like went over to your friend's house and they had this on the TV. You might believe you're watching a real documentary because they That's did it true. very well. Yeah, you have uh, a point. So I appreciated that about the film. Yeah. yeah. And then and then the next thing you know, Mike yeah. has yeah. class insisting that Megalodon is really still alive. Well, no, that's not what what Eric means, Mike. If you go to Netflix, there's hundreds of documentaries about space yeah. aliens and conspiracy theories and stuff. And we all know that they're documentaries about space aliens and conspiracy theories, but oh, yeah. they can still be quote unquote in the real world. And a, and a certain group of people are actually going to believe it. So I think that's what Eric means because that, that could, this documentary is talking about, it, and it really doesn't show any magic or anything either. So it's, it's just that's talking about what's happened to people on this property and interviewing them. And that's it, you know? So I thought I thought this fake documentary felt very much like a real documentary, even though the subject matter was not real. I agree. And That's the people that they all felt like real people, I think. Yeah, well, I'm pretty you, sure. A lot you know of, what it reminded me of? It reminded got a lot of extras from town. <laughs> yeah, probably. You know what? It, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of um, In Search Of. A little bit. Spock, you know, where, where he takes these things that are real that way, you know, we, people did disappear in the Bermuda Triangle and uh, Betty and Barney Hill did claim something happened to them. And, and their psychiatrist, the lie detector said they weren't lying, you know, on and on and on. They have a bunch of stuff like the pyramids of Egypt and where did they mm-hmm. come from? And, whatever. and so it felt kind of like that in a sense. So it wasn't like, um, trying to say that there was a black hole that sucked up people and and we can prove it or anything like that. It's just talking about this land and people have disappeared on it. And the last person that disappeared was she murdered by her husband or a neighbor of the property, you know, and then they find a bigger conspiracy. You know, it's, it's, it's similar to that. And I don't want to bring, I'm not going to bring it the information up because it's, no, but I'll make a comparison. Um, there's an actual documentary called Icarus. Um, okay. And it's about blood doping, um, particularly in cycling. Yep. And that documentary starts out with this guy, and he's going to investigate this one small little corner of the topic. And in the process yep. of the documentary, he stumbles upon this huge thing that he had no idea he was going to get onto when he started the thing. And to me, this yeah. felt a little bit like that. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of documentaries like that. And the one I was thinking of uh, was similar to that, though. I don't want to bring it up because that 
documentary is suspect what they claim happened. So I won't even bring it up, but, but it's the same principle where they went in to do a documentary on one thing and then something else they happens and, and the documentary turns into a bigger thing. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. Yeah. And that's what I, I felt this was too, because originally it was the documentary, this film here was claiming that they went to talk about a woman who husband may be guilty um, of, yeah, we can, we, we can yeah. say the setup without spoiling anything, which is that uh, there's a guy and his wife who go out just hunting for stuff with metal detectors. Wife dis- disappears. Nobody knows what happens to her. The police suspects the husband of murdering her, even though no body's been found. Uh, and he's like, no, guys, I didn't kill her. She's missing. Please keep looking for her. Uh, and he gets involved with this documentary t- crew in an effort to find his missing wife. Anybody right, get like exactly. an OJ vibe? Hmm? Like the guy, when you else get like an OJ vibe, like he's still out there looking for his wife. <laughs> no, I didn't kill her. I'm going to keep going and look and look and see if, see if I can find her. Well, no, no. I mean, it's a legitimate premise because when, when someone's spouse disappears, it's usually the, 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 the other spouse who's at least considered a suspect, if not guilty. Yes. Right, because that usually because it's a good percentage of, of disappearing spouses, especially when they're the yeah, it's a good possibility that it could be that. So it's it's a it's a fine premise, and um, this guy here, he didn't seem like he was just trying to f- prove that he was innocent. He was really interested in finding his wife. Now, again, we could consider that well, maybe he's just trying to cover up that he did what he did. Like you said, you know, I'm still looking, whatever, as you said, Mike, but oh, that, that was my then there's a bigger, right. Right. I understand that. And, but then, uh, there's a bigger conspiracy that they discover when they do research, uh, on Howard's mill, the, the property, uh, abandoned farm that this couple, uh, had their, the incident where the, the wife just disappeared. And and then then the movie goes from there. So it's really only like ten minutes with the husband, and then they find out all this other stuff. And and then that's where and they even say it in the documentary. The the, the woman she goes, um, uh, uh, we originally came uh, for whatever the, the the missing wife's name is, and then we found all these other things. Um, and you know, and then they go into it, which leads back to. Uh, um, recent in the sense that it's 20 years ago to even 90 years ago. We're, we're inching up on it. So let's go ahead and throw up the spoiler flag so we can really have a discussion. Okay. So at this point, we're going to throw up the spoiler alert. So we're going to talk about everything and anything about Howard's mill. Again, the the film is available wherever VOD rental is, or you can uh, watch it on Vudu or Tubi with uh, commercials. Uh, So if you do not want to be spoiled before hearing the rest of this podcast, please go and watch it uh, wherever you watch your movies. Otherwise, uh, at this point, we're going to uh, throw up the spoiler alert. And so the spoiler alert is up. Um, All right. So um, it was the Swedes. (laughs) It's always well. Well, well, that that's the thing. Uh, I think this movie could have been a lot better if they had 
they had a couple of areas they could have really made this film awesome. I mean, it is awesome in my opinion, but it could have been really awesome. First of all, they have the caves, and they could have used that for something. And then they have the Watchers, which I will just say are the Greys, so, which makes the film the best. So if they had... <laughs> that was, that was, uh, the, when Phil told me he was starting this movie, I was just sitting there... I was doing stuff, but like I was just waiting, waiting, and waiting for the text from Phil saying, "It's the Grays," <laughs> <laughs> and I got it eventually. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. Uh, and so um, the Grays or the Watches—they could have had. I mean, they just talk about the Watches, but they could have taught. They could have had like pictures you know like like they have a Loch Ness monster or something and, and or 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 yeah, did research yeah yeah they, they i mean again i don't know if they would be believing it but at that point when they're connecting the dots and talking about time space and then the watchers it, it, it could have been used a little better and even the ending where they show you know that that thing during the credits i mm-hmm. just tell Eric, I wish they instead used showed the watches, or in other words, the grace or something. Um, but again, that's just me. I, I just like the grace. So. Yes. Um, but they could <laughs> use the the caverns. I think even to a better extent too. Yeah, they really weren't um, in the caverns yes, very long. The story around it, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So. People are saying, what are they talking about? Caverns and grays and, and whatever, and time, space. Um, well, yeah, basically what it is is that the documentary folk, including the husband of the missing woman, begin to f- find things of other people who have disappeared on the property through the years. Um, so there, there was a little girl who disappeared like only 20 years earlier. Uh, there was... Um, um, some some uh, uh, I guess cotton pickers or tobacco pickers, uh, a family of uh, Mexican migrants. Um, the two parents just disappeared uh, and left their their son as an orphan. Uh, there was the original owner of the property, uh, which was like uh, I forget the name, Preston or Spencer or something like that. Pickett, that's Pickett, yeah, right. Um, and and. The husband, I think, disappeared, and and then various other, I think, people may have disappeared, but um, it's and they all disappeared in thin air, and so the the mystery is where did all these people go, and how could one piece of property in one town in maybe you know like a a fifty acre area have that many people just disappear. Well, Um, and I'll tell you, one of the reasons this movie worked for me is because um, the the first one I think they delve into other than the, the Emily, the wife um, is a girl named Sarah who disappeared on camera. um, According to the story. And I thought they did that faux nineties, camcorder clip really well um and conceptually 
that whole story about that girl messed with my head a little bit. And that's one of the reasons I enjoyed the movie is because I was thinking about how insane would you go? Like, Phil, if you were if you were in the middle of a field and one of your daughters just fucking disappeared in front of your eyes and you never knew what happened, I, like what would do what would that do to your mental well-being? Uh, it would destroy you, right? Yeah, yeah, and and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> so they, like later when they run in, family. they like find the dad of this girl who disappeared twenty years ago, and he's just a fucking mess. And and like the whole time I'm thinking, yeah, I, I'd be a mess too. Um, and then and then later when you find out what might happen to the girl. It's just like, yeah. holy shit, that's fucking horrible. <laughs> so that yeah. one aspect of the story really hooked into my brain uh, and I think enhanced my enjoyment of it. I really liked how they compared that as well to the to Vietnam, where the soldiers would get pulled under the earth by the enemy mm-hmm. and just disappear. It just I thought that was a good um, piece to throw in there. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And that, uh, but that clip is also where my buddy Dan figured out the movie was fake. Because, like, when they showed that clip how, how, uh, of the girl disappearing, he just turned to me and went, "This isn't real." <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. There, 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 there was a um, the, the plot. All right, let me rephrase that. The screenplay or idea is kind of really good. I think because they talk about another girl that disappears, uh, which is the the daughter of the Howard's family, the Howard family. Mm-hmm. And then this other woman claims she was, ad- uh, they find this other woman who was adopted that used to be, that disappeared out of the blue and claimed that she was the Howard girl. And yet you find out later that this woman isn't the Howard girl through DNA, nor is she related to the, the person that adopted her or, or, or could have been the father. So but who she is did this spend girl? time in that house. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yet the Howard girl, her fate is pretty horrible, too. Indeed. And again, it's all circumstantial how their fates are so horrible because it's just based off of the structure of the property and the buildings on the property after, you know, 10, 20, 30 years later, I think it's 13 years, every 13 years or something like that. Um, so if things change, you know, so for example, you know, you know, like, uh, I'll use this because I, I see the book in front of me over here. My wa- watership down. You have these rabbits that live in this burrow. Everything's peaceful. And 10 years later, they're not going to know that the borough is gone and there's condominiums now on the, on, on the property. So 10 years later, you're not going to know that there's going to be a lake or that <laughs> right. the basement's been walled up. Right. You know? Well, and that and that was the other aspect of the story that was intriguing was this whole time travel thing they were putting forth, uh, which is that the people when they disappeared, at least some of them, not all of them, but some of them <laughs> seemed to appear 
uh, in the same spot 10 years forward in time um, at the same right. age they were when they disappeared. Uh, right. And that's so similar that's to that Close Encounters. Her, her horrible fate was that 10 years forward in time, there was a pond in the field where she disappeared. And so she poofed right into the middle of a body of water and fucking drowned. <laughs> and that's right. horrifying. Right. Can you imagine just people like walking along and then all of a sudden you're drowning? Man, that's a bad well, day. Well, to be honest, that's probably better than the other little girl, the, the Howard girl who mm, maybe because she pretty much died. She pretty much died in like less than five minutes and didn't suffer as much while the other girl literally starved to death. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, that's just horrible. Uh, so the other girl, the Howard girl, when she disappeared and she reappeared, she reappeared in the basement of her house where she had her bedroom. But at that point, the next door neighbor had had uh, walled it up, walled walled it up because too many kids were going in there, and he, he felt it was dangerous. And again, the building was abandoned at that point. And so when he walled it up, he didn't leave a door to get in or out. So when the little girl reappears into the future, ten years, thirteen years in the future, she's on the other side of the wall, and she can't get out, can't get food, can't get drink, and is in complete darkness. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, that's that's pretty horrible. Yeah, that would suck. I, well, I do have to give give the the Greys credit for coming up with a way to have lots of small children die in horrible, horrible ways. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can only I can only hope that they consider franchising. Well, and that's, that's the thing. That's the unless I just don't understand how aliens think, which couldn't be possible. Um, <laughs> that's the whole. Thing. That's the whole reason I I almost don't believe the whole Grays angle is because well like, I am I'm assuming if the if the Grays were to take somebody they'd have a purpose for that, um, and that well maybe they're just cruel bastards. Well, Who knows? Um, well, like, I, I, I don't I gotta, hang on. Uh, let me finish. Phil. Uh, I don't understand the purpose of them returning people ten years forward at time at the same age if they're just gonna fucking die. That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, well, I got I got two things. All right, if it were the Greys, it's similar to Close Encounters, where they take them into space or this time contingency thing, and when they reappear and drop them off, they're the same. It was only like the Einstein theory, where it was like a week for them, but it was like years for people on Earth. So when in the end of Close Encounters, spoiler for a, a, a movie that's basically fifty years old now. Oh Jesus. Um, when the ship lands, all the people come out of the ship to be returned to Earth, and and most of them they're the same age as they were when they were taken, and most most of them were taken in the 1880s and World War II and all this other stuff, and so now they're they have an age. So for them it was like a week, but for us it was 50, 60 years. That's the gray angle. The other angle, and I didn't mention it to you, Eric, when we were talking about it earlier, because I hate when. It's not the Greys, and it's something else. <laughs> but everything should be the Greys. <laughs> exactly. But I was also thinking it could be a Mothman. Mm. Now, if we watch the, the Mothman prophecies again, that movie where they're talking to the the scientist, he says that the Mothmen may be in a different dimension who are looking uh, see everything from a skyscraper down at everything. While to us, 
we don't see everything because we're down on the ground mm-hmm. and they're in a different dimension and all that. So I was thinking it could be something like that too, the Mothman. So well, the Watchmen maybe, but are really in, in either case, you'd think that this advanced being uh, who's taking people out of time would have some sort of control over where they put them back and what is the purpose of putting someone back where they're going to die? That's my whole issue. Right. And right. you can make an argument that the aliens are indifferent to where they put them back, in which case the question is, why would they care about putting them back exactly where they took them from? Mm-hmm. Which is why they yeah, end up. It, it, it's, it, it leads to questions for sure. But I mean, the whole thing, and this is, this is another part of it is that there's shit that doesn't make, they come up with a mechanic, right? A premise. And it's an interesting premise. It's an interesting mechanic, right? Disappear for 10 years. And what happens, you know, if you, what's there when you reappear 10 years later and what horrible thing happens to you as a result of the world moving on. Right. I, I think that's an interesting idea, but then the question is how do you justify or excuse that? And then you get the alien thing. And I think, you know, you mentioned close encounters. I mean, the whole point of the twin hypothesis, uh, not hypothesis, the twin paradox uh, is that one doesn't age because they're moving close to the speed of light. And I don't know why the aliens would just be moving close to the speed of light for 10 years when, you know, when they're just not going anywhere. Um, I mean, there's all sorts of things that we could question and debate. They're aliens are weird. They pick somebody up, they look at them, they put them back. <laughs> and, 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 right. and right. that's whole, why I'm thinking of the Mothman rather than the, the Greys. But this is a good example, I think, of where, not that I am believing in the alien abduction stories, the idea of missing time is not, in those alien abduction stories, is not the idea that that people have teleported into the future or anything. It's the idea that they black out and they've lost time and they don't remember blacking out. Right? So they, they, they just, they, they lose that track of that time. And that something mm-hmm. happened, their memories have been erased. Not that they have literally like vaulted 10 years or 10 minutes in the future necessarily, mm-hmm. but nevertheless, it's an interesting premise. Grays give them a lot of cover and we can just say, it's a mystery. Who knows what those. <laughs> well, and the other mystery is that why it's not consistent. Um, like that dude's parents who disappeared. Well, why didn't they show up later? You know, it's, it's, it's a little scattershot and I think it's on purpose. Uh, because if you start putting rules in place and then they, then they can't be broken. Yeah, I didn't think about that. We only uh, found out what happened to the girls. That doesn't mean we were going to find. We didn't know what happened to the girls until we found out what happened to them. Mm-hmm. Something happened to those parents. Doesn't just because we didn't find and out. What happened to, to that? Happened. What happened to Mister Howard too? Right. I mean, Mister Pickett. Oh, uh, Mister Pickett. I'm sorry. Yeah, Mister Pickett. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know, uh, and, and and it's fine. Uh, I, I'm just it's, but it's a. Okay. It's, like in, in, it's it's something that allows you to not complete the circle, and I'm pretty sure they did it on purpose. Right. I think if right. I mean, I, I let's say that they were going for the angle of let's see if we can fool people into believing that this is real, which I don't think they were trying to do. But let's say they were that was their goal. Then you would leave some things unlearned, right, mm-hmm. to maintain the mystery and to give it some flavor of authenticity because we don't ever solve every single aspect 
of every single case. Mm-hmm. There's always things that are left mysterious. There's always questions, even when we catch these serial killers, did we get all the bodies, right? You know, did, mm-hmm. did we know where they all really are? Did they really kill these people or did they just take credit for it? There's all sorts of unanswered questions that happen and you never find out. That's just life is unsatisfactory in that way. So I think by not knowing where, let's say the migrant workers were, I think that's fine. Right. What about Pickett, though? Because Pickett would be returning to his own property, so he could go right downtown and not be as confused, while the migrant workers, who probably didn't speak English, may have been illegal, so they, you know, and then they reappeared. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe they skedaddled. Right, yeah. And also, also they may not even know where they were, because a lot of times migrant workers don't go there themselves, meaning they don't say, okay, I'm going to head to Springfield, Tennessee. What they do is they grab a, a bus with a, a group of other migrants and they just go wherever that bus brings them and they may not mm-hmm. even know where, especially if they're... That's a good point. An, uh, yeah, and you don't know, they're, you know, if their education background, you know, I mean, people in the United States who are quote-unquote educated don't know where Sweden is on the map. So if you have folks who are from a different country in a foreign country and maybe not educated, you know, because that the work they're doing is, is migrant work, which may mean that they don't have a education skill level for something different. They may not even know where the heck they are, too. Uh, but Mr. Pickett, that one, there is no excuse, right? That that one is a is a is a good flaw, I think. Well, maybe. Unless, he, unless he wanted to just go do a do, new life. <laughs> well, that's that, that the, like, the life in the kid are gone. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Yeah. <laughs> they they appear in the modern age and they just go, "What's a TikTok?" Just, <laughs> oh, but Barry, you were gonna say something? Yeah, I was just, just saying maybe he just went and did his own thing. Didn't want to go back to what he had. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know the whole reason always... he's concerned about his missing wife is just because he knows he's getting nailed for it, right? I mean, uh, yeah. Well, maybe Emily. <laughs> Just just ran away. You know, I don't want to be with this guy anymore. He's he's a jerk. You know, we <laughs> saw the fight that they had in front of the restaurant. I'm out of here. And then she just runs. I don't know. Maybe. You never know. Um, but, but yeah. I, they I, should do a sequel that's released in uh, 2027. So they can yes. they can go back yes. 10 years later and see yeah. if she shows up. Right, right. Exactly. Um, it's going to be really hard using the same actress, though. <laughs> Uh, well, you could you could get um, uh, Scorsese's uh, people that worked on the Irishman. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, because because well that 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 movie's crazy because you got you got Al Pacino who's like eighty and you're having him playing a a thirty eight year old guy and then De Niro playing a twenty something year old at one point and he's seventy six. Yeah, I'm never gonna watch that movie. It's three and a half hours long. Yeah, it was okay. It, it definitely wasn't. If you, if if you want to, see, you, you got to see his other films before you see that one. If you want to see, how the, long? Yeah. I I remember it. Was it were like Goodfellas and and uh, Casino like three hour films too? And and The Departed. Yeah, but those three films are awesome. Those are like three of the best films I've ever. I made. know they're awesome, but I, my point is that that the three hours but, isn't necessarily a reason to discount them. Well, that's true. That's true. But the Irishman is. No, I'm just trying to irritate Phil. No, no, you're valid. It's it's just a no. 
No, I understand them saying, like, where can I find the three and a half hours? But that makes it harder to schedule. It's always nice having these 90-minute movies because you can squeeze them in almost, you know, anytime. Exactly. Right, right. I, I, I'm, I'm always uh, more apt to – now. I used to like longer films, but now I'm, I like the hour and 30-minute films. But either way, let's get back to this film here. So, so I'm thinking – yeah. Mike just doesn't like this movie because of the format. Barrett, was there anything about this movie you did like? Oh, yeah. I thought it was very well produced. I thought the acting was good. Um, and I really liked the concept. I thought it was pretty neat. Yeah. And I especially liked right. the I, I, demise I, of the people that <laughs> have it happen to them. I thought that was really good. I actually thought, I actually thought Mike was going to like the film because of the science uh, you know, quantum physics, <laughs> space time. I don't know if there's any actual science in the movie. Right, right. It's not right, deep it's, science. It's bullshit science. So <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not deep wow. science. Well, like, I wouldn't it's, say it's, it's bullshit. It's like Dan these things. I wouldn't say it's bullshit either. It's I wouldn't say it's bullshit. They just, fiction. They, yeah, they just said that there could be this time. I mean, fast forward. The ground is you know, radar is real. They have right. that. Yeah, and, thing. <laughs> I mean, we're moving through time right now, you know, so just not as fast as those people. Right, right. There's satellites up in the sky that can can watch you in your house right now through a heat sensor. So, oh, that well, that's on them. I don't want. <laughs> yeah, you have a point there. But either way, um, so you want to watch? I'll give them a show. They look. They see what they see. That's not my fault. All right. All right. <laughs> all right, all right, we, we got to get back to on the topic here. So, uh, um, yeah, so I, I'm with you, Barrett. I, I, I felt, uh, you know, I mean, it was science fiction enough in the film to make sense. I felt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, their their science for the film made sense, mm-hmm. and I thought it was pretty well done. And it's just, you know, they're like, I don't know, they're just. I wanted more in the caves. That just ended too quickly for me. Um, and there was just. You know, it just moved a little too slow for me. That I just, you know, I don't know why that is because I've watched other documentaries right. that were I also, slow I, as well. I, but I also would have liked if the neighbor wasn't um, mentally challenged and he was just a person that knew something was up and he became a hermit because of the weird stuff. Because and. And if the, because then he could have been a, a better source of explaining what was going on. No, he and couldn't they, be a better source of what's going on. That's why they wrote it the way they did. <laughs> because you don't, yeah. you can't, like, if you could believe with 100% reliability everything that dude says, then there's no mystery. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, and he explains enough why the cops would give up doing stuff. He says, okay, well, we got our guy. He's the guy. Mm-hmm. He's the guy, you know, mm-hmm. um, even though he wasn't the guy, if you look at the film based off of the history, you know, because there are all these other people that disappeared before mm-hmm. em- Emily, you know, um, I think what killed that guy. And, and yeah, that's a fair point, because they do make that guy act a little weird where he picks up the neighbor and drive teenager. past her house. Yeah. 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 So that makes driving him... with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that is enough to make make it 
him a suspect. So if they didn't have something like that, what was he really just a suspect? How could you make him a suspect except that he just lives next door? Well, yeah. and there's there's also the fact that he, like, according to his story, he found a baby in the middle of the field and took care of her for a little while, and then she disappeared. Um, like, if you get that from a normal person, you're just like, what? But if you get that from that dude who's not all there to begin with, you're like, how much? How much of this actually happened, and how much is just him being confused? Um, so I, I don't know. I, right, I right. enjoyed that aspect of the story. I thought it added a little, a little additional uh, confusion um, to, to try and nudge you to try and put it together for yourself. Yeah. So what happened is, is that the little Howard girl disappears, and that family eventually moves out though they still own the property and the neighbor who's this uh mentally challenged guy finds a little girl out of the blue in the middle of the field and he thinks it's the howard girl so he starts calling her the howard girl but he doesn't know where to take her because again he's mentally challenged so he's not going to go to the cops or anything so he just adopts her and then a few years later she disappears and so he doesn't know what happened to her. And then 10 years later, this little girl appears and she says she's the Howard girl. Yet the Howard girl wasn't supposed to be 10 years old. It's supposed to be like 20 something at this point. So it can't be the Howard girl. And they, meaning the cops, didn't know that this mentally challenged guy was taking care of this, this other girl. So it appears that this Howard girl was actually the girl that he was taking care of the mentally challenged guy, mm-hmm. but it was, she was never the Howard girl, but he just assumed it was. And that's why this girl now as an adult thought she was the Howard girl because she was, because told he told her she was, she was and she grew up yeah. in the Howard house. Exactly. But the other aspect of the whole thing is that after she disappears, um, the neighbor decides that 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 basement isn't safe anymore uh, since she just disappeared out of there. And so he walls it up. And then a year after he walls it up, poof, the actual Howard girl (laughs) shows up in her room where she was. But it's walled up now. So she's basically just like trapped in the basement. And dies there to die. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of an awesome series of events. See, you get it. You laugh out loud. When I laugh out loud, when someone talks about a little girl being locked into a basement, starving to death, people give me weird looks. Well, that's because you do it in the middle of your classroom. That's true. <laughs> Um, and I thought that was a interesting aspect of the film, too, because it gives us more confusion because it's like, who is this girl? And then they do the DNA test and she's related to nobody. And it's like, yeah, but she's supposed to be the Howard girl. And then it was only later that I'm saying, no, I'll be honest with you. So when you were when you were asking me about that via text, like texting you back and forth on that is how I figured it out for myself. Because like I didn't have my brain fully around it until we had that text exchange, and I was just like, "Oh yeah, it's this, and then it's this, and then it's this." <laughs> right. 
Right, right, exactly. Same here, same here. Because when I was watching, I was completely confused. Mm-hmm. And then it was only later, it's like, okay, so people are just disappearing and reappearing. And and that interesting aspect was is that he just, because he's slow, just thought it was her. And that's why she was she thought it was her, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah, so it was just interesting, the whole thing. Um. And, and she probably was living in the Howard house every so often. No, she absolutely was. And that was her music it, box that they dug up in the basement. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so the question is, we never find out who she is, even though nowadays she could probably do right. ancestry DNA and, and find out who she's related to just by random. Well, she's a baby that disappeared in that field 10 years before the neighbor found her. So I don't know who. Right, who right. And we don't know. <laughs> Right, right, right. Considering the same same rules apply, uh, because yeah, that's 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 the the only thing that bugs me about this movie is that uh, they come up with a kind of rule about the ten years thing, but it's not for everybody, and then that bugs me. But whatever, it is what it is. Right, right, right. Yeah, because that would have been reported. Yeah, if a little girl goes missing, that gets reported. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And and yet there was no report on her going missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which one are you talking um, about that there was no report on the the one the that they ended up taking care of? That the old, wasn't born in the hospital that they were trying to say maybe that's why she wasn't known about? Maybe. Because the, the, there's the, the one the where they ended up interviewing. The one that was still... Yeah, that's, that's the one yeah. where they were looking into it because... They heard about it, like a rumor about it, but nobody mm-hmm. had actually met the child, so it mm-hmm. wasn't. Nobody was sure they lived even or existed. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, so when did she disappear, and who were her parents? Because it was never reported. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, Barrett? But she actually well, jumped twice. She jumped. That's twice. true. Yeah, because she was she appeared in the field. As a baby, oh and then he right, took care of her for like five years or something, and then she disappeared right. again. Ten years, yeah. yeah. Well, they just didn't tell anybody that they had this kid, right? So that's why it wasn't reported. Well, the neighbor didn't really. So I mean, that's why nobody knew about it. But yeah, the, the question is where? But the, who was like, original? She found her when she was a little child in the middle of a field without anybody else around. How did <laughs> that happen? Yeah, that's a good question. Right, yeah. and who and who were her parent? Who were her parents? Because they never reported anything. Because if there was another, if she was there with her parents, and then she disappeared, you would think the parents would have reported her disappearing. Right. Well, and all I gotta say is she has shitty luck. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, well. To be honest, it appears that that she got adopted by a fine family and grew up to be a fine young lady. Would have been lucky. awesome as if she just like disappeared in the middle of an interview. <laughs> that would have been cool. Well, this is my music box. And then poof, the music box just falls on the bench. <laughs> yeah, that would be tough. That would be tough. Yeah, third time, space time, right? Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I didn't know what was going on until they they mentioned the the watchers and that's when i said okay it's the grace 
But again, I think <laughs> That's it, I got the text I was waiting for. <laughs> yeah. But I, I still think it may be the Mothman instead of the Greys, which may be aliens anyway, or some interdimensional mm. being or something. Six of one and a half dozen of the other. Doesn't really matter. Right, right. Um, some nefarious or non-nefarious force is doing something. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what was that creature called? And that that called on the phone. It wasn't necessarily the moth man. It was uh, what what the hell was the name? The phone phone call. It had its own name, didn't it? When it would call. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I can't think of I it. So it was a cool name too. Yeah. Call moth man prophecies. Name. That's what it says. In- injured cold. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So maybe they're that's a injured great cold. name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. The injured coals. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. But it could be. It could be demons. Right. I mean, they're, I guess it could be, it could be Cthulhu's. <laughs> yeah. No. Now, it was no. Water, water, maybe I consider Cthulhu, but well, if, if it was Cthulhu's, now, they'd be opening the portal to come in. <laughs> now, what, what, Mike, I want to bring this up to you because I, I've always had a problem with this when it came to time travel. <clears throat> so, I was at work once, my my older job, um, and we're talking uh, with a bunch of engineers, so you know, geeks. And one of them says, "I always wanted to make a, a little house that had only one door, and you can go in whenever they." create a time machine or, or just say that this is a, for people to come back in time. And so, you know, if you go in time, you could come back and you'd be in that box and then you, and then people could prove that time exists or something, whatever. And he says, so I could create a, If a time machine's created, it should go put in this box house and then go into the future. And then, you know, 20, 30 years later, when we catch up, we'll, we'll meet the people in the box. And then we know that it's true. But then I said to him, I go, yeah, but you know what the problem is when you go into the future or in time? The problem is, is that not only does Earth spin around the sun, so it's never in the same location, even when it reaches back around 365 days and is in, in the same, at the same location aligned with the sun, the whole galaxy in, is moving, too, through the universe. So you're never going to be at the exact same spot ever, anywhere in the world, ever. So, in other words, if we could go uh, next year at this time, this day, we would not actually be at the same location we were because the whole galaxy is moving. Through and the- did he answer you by saying, do you always suck the fun out of things? Well, he said, he goes, <laughs> That's the question I asked Mike. He, he thought it was funny because he goes, oh, my God, that would be hilarious. The guy goes into the future and, and he lands up in the middle of space and he dies. Oh, yeah, there's, not on Earth. yeah there's absolutely consider the possibility time travel is, in fact, real. But everybody who's traveled through time, we've just left a trail of bodies in the cosmos. <laughs> That's exactly right. Exactly. Well, that's right, one possibility. Um, another possibility, there's like several, so there's one, the other possibility is the, the, like the, the, the TARDIS argument, which is that you travel not just through space, but through time, through an extra dimension of not just sight and sound, but of mind, but no, you do so that if you can program, cause it's fairly easy mechanics, I mean, if you can tr- figure out time travel, you can figure out where 
the Earth and the solar system is going to be on a particular date that yeah, you're aiming for, hypothetically. Now, you might not land. Now, the problem is, I don't know if you could get it with the precision to land exactly, you know, your DeLorean in the exact spot in the parking lot where you want to go. Right. But you might be able to come close. The general right. bullshit so the argument. Right. Yeah, the, right. The general bullshit, uh, science bullshit is that, well, gravity is always a factor. So maybe you're, anch- you're, you're gravity anchored. And so as you move through, that the gravity, gravitational pull of the Earth is kind of keeping you anchored to Earth. As you move. That sounds like a bullshit. Yeah, but I see the point. Well, okay. but, oh, but it's all time travel is bullshit, too. So. Right, right, right. <laughs> but right, film right, accurate right. bullshit. Right, right. right. So, so, so if you create a time machine, you have to create it where it also moves to that location Nerd! in space as well. Right. So yes. it can't just be... A, you just don't address it as the writer and pretend it's not an issue. And and if you say and and so like if you were to ask the screenwriter for Back to the Future of how is it Marty didn't end up suffocating in the cold empty vacuum of space, (laughs) you just say, I don't know. You have to ask Doc Brown. He's the one that came up with the technology. That (laughs) would be argument. Or just say that the uh, the flux capacitor automatically compensates. Yes, that that that's where the you don't want the. You you want to just have fun with the premise, and you don't want to you know, like strangle the fun in its crib, and don't right. ruin the fun for people. That's that's why they always ignore H.G. Uh, Wells's uh, bacteria and virus uh, issue whenever people would take off their helmets in outer space on a foreign planet where <laughs> you die not from the Martians or the aliens or the Greys, you die because of the bacteria that well, kills you a week later. Bacteria are highly adapted to the species that they live on. The odds of it, you know, you dying from alien bacteria or virus, I don't know if it's that high. I think you'd be that's a fair point, Mike. This atmosphere. That. So, I mean, you you can justify right. it any way you want. It's one thing I liked about the video game series uh, Mass Effect was just the idea that uh, some of the alien species just like could not physically ingest the food from the other alien species because the biologies were just so different. That's 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 good. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. But anyway, we're we're we're, we're leaving time travel to bacteria, so we got to get back to the time travel. So <laughs> the question <laughs> is: assuming, <laughs> assuming, assuming it's not just a weird loop in in space time in this one location. Well, and that's but what it, I but actually ultimately think it is. But yeah, me not, too. So that's yeah, that's what I was. Not. I was beginning to think that too. But and that maybe it moves around a little bit, and that's why they get caught in different areas of that, you know, triangular portion of land. But it's yeah, but basically what, what, stable. It just kind of moves around a little bit in that small area. Yeah, but but what about the Greys and the Mothmans and the injured Colts? They said they say the watches. They see the watches. Yeah, yeah I they, don't know. Well, yeah, they save the watches by sticking them up their ass. <laughs> they just—that's where they want to explain it to their brains. This this watch. I don't even want to go into that line. It's a great. Thing. <laughs> we all know what he's talking about. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know why you saved the, the watch, shitty watch to begin with. 
<laughs> right. No, but uh, this, the disappearances were, I mean, they had the map with the pins in it at one point, and they did appear, everything appeared like in a straight line related to the cave system that they found. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, uh, you know, uh, people are saying there should have been more caves. Maybe you're right. And yeah, maybe there's a section of the script that got cut out that had more of that. Who knows? Well, well, the the, the woman at the the local uh, town museums said that and the she whole was cracking me up. That lady made me <laughs> laugh. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, it's like this is real important stuff, and it's like it's just crap. But it's good. I, good for her. You know, she she was. A Doesn't champ. she at one point but say I, the first time their white people first came here or something <laughs> like that? <laughs> the first white people. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn. Well, it, it's it's true. I mean, it, it was the first white people that, that she's talking about. So she just, you know, I mean, it is the, it is what it is. It Man, is, yeah, yeah. It, it still was funny. It was funny. It was funny. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, it was. Um, because yeah, she's talking about you know the the consentors and how these were the first folks that showed up here and whatever, and they discovered that the whole county is full of caves everywhere. The whole all place is filled with caves and it's like interesting but they didn't go anywhere with it that's because it was it fell in <laughs> had a cave in mm-hmm. they 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 should have they should have uh they should have gone with the, the caves that was the, that i thought something bad was going to happen to the cave that or something cool was going to happen well especially because they separated well I'm <laughs> idiot. Separate, i thought for right. sure the dude was going to be I when they couldn't get a hold of the other guy, I was like, oh, I'm like oh, that guy's gone now. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> Never right, split right. up the party. <laughs> right, right, right. Especially when you're in a horror film. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, because that's the thing. When, when they say, all right, what, where, I'm going to, when they split up, they split up like five or six times. And it's like, what are they doing? <laughs> the, the, the guy and his wife split They've never up seen a gone. horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Jesus, and, and even him, even the guy, the, 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 the husband, I wouldn't let him go alone. Period, especially on that property because he could be trying to cover up stuff. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go go to forest. You guys go that way, and then, you know, it's because he's going to the forest because he wants to hide something. I'm but, certainly not relocating a body. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh shoot, I forgot. There's that that bottle of of uh, diet Pepsi I left in the woods. I got to get rid of it. This has my fingerprints <laughs> on it, and they're gonna know that I was there. God dang it. Um, but yeah, yeah. So the, the cave really was just to set up the, the straight line thing, I guess. And, and mm-hmm. to add some extra suspense, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, well, and lead them to the, to searching the pond. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, well, and that's like, that's one thing I, I found very frustrating because like, when the first time they mentioned the pond, I'm like, okay, well, who put that there? I know. And it was like 30, 45 minutes later, and the whole time I'm like, who put the fucking pond there? <laughs> and they, they yeah. wouldn't tell me until later. Right, right. And and I want, I'm, I don't know, is that, was he, yeah, he he did. It was the neighbor mm-hmm. who built the pond. And, uh, oh, and then, then when people were complaining, they asked him, you know, what's your opinion of that pond? Do you think it was good? He goes, well, I don't know about that. I just wanted to make sure I had the fishing rights. Right. That was awesome. It's like, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, who stocked the pond, though? 
I don't know. Someone has to start the park. Anyway, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the neighbor, the, the mentally challenged individual, was the one that built the pond. It was, so it's a man-made pond. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forget the reason why he did it. They they gave him a There's reason. A they made him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, sinkhole happened. And cow that's right. That's what, and they were like, oh, no, that, the cows. What about the save the cows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if they, yeah, that's it. That's right. Yeah. So th- that, and that's legit, you know, f- fill it in to, to mm-hmm. you know, unstable property there. So, yeah. Oh, that would have been awesome if, if, like, the pond, another sinkhole happened and the whole lake, like, disappeared during the middle of the documentary. That would have been awesome. <laughs> There's just skeletons everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would have been awesome. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, I, I know. I was thinking too that it may not have been the Greys either, but or, or the Mothmans or the injured colds. It could have just been a weird loop section, you know, mm-hmm. like the Bermuda Triangle thing, where it's just something going on there. Um, no, no, uh, anything else? The, the Sarah's father came back ten years later on the day she disappeared and found her bow floating in the pond. Yeah, probably like right. missed her by like hours. Right, right, yeah, like, and, and that oh, dude, shit, yeah. Well, and that's the thing is when when that, they talk about that at the beginning or, or mm-hmm. earlier in the film, I'm thinking, no way, the serial, it's a serial killer movie, and this guy's being played. Mm-hmm. You know, someone's to- someone's torturing him. Oh, we'll we'll leave him the bow after we stole his daughter ten years ago. So I thought they may have been going that way, too. Uh, but either way, yeah, that that would just break the guy even further. Yeah, yeah, that dude she was, was gone. But yeah, yeah, it destroyed he wasn't his marriage. Completely, like, like at the end, he had all those articles up on the wall, but they're all about like people disappearing and reappearing. So he's yeah. not completely off base. No, no, he's just he's just gone because his he lost but his life. Yeah, he was a broken man for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the thing is, is that they interview his friends and family. Well, not family, but his friends or, or locals that knew him, and they said, "Yeah, he was had a good job, you know." So he he was a well upstanding citizen, and then after his daughter disappeared, he just went went to the the, the shitter, and and his wife left him, and yeah, he's all gone. And yeah, yeah well, he, that'll do he it. Figured out something. He yeah, sure would. And uh, but you're right, he figured out exactly what the documentary was figuring out. That's another thing they should have they could have used him. And and asked him, uh, tell us what you found, because it seemed like based off of what he had on the wall, it was even more than what the documentary crew people were, were searching for. Mm-hmm. In other words, what they discovered, they discovered all this stuff, but this guy seemed like he had as much or more than them. And I'm surprised they didn't have like a more section where they talked to him for like 10 minutes and they go, after talking to the, Sarah's father, he showed us all this and this, this, and this, and this, and this, uh, but they didn't do that. They they kind of looked at him as he was kooky too. Mm-hmm. But well, and it wasn't not he wasn't. kooky. He just had to be kooky and probably right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he, he had well, you what it was is crazy had, and correct. <laughs> but you know what? I, he I think it was PD, PTSD had from the loss, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then people were thinking he was kooky because he was talking about all these people disappearing, mm-hmm. and yet. And yet, he was probably right, though, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 
Um, yeah, that was heartbreaking. <laughs> and uh, that was, it was it was really that story within the documentary that that uh, that that gave me an emotional hook in the end of the story. Sure, sure, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because anytime it's a little girl or a little boy that disappears, and their outcome is terrible. I mean, it's just terrible. Except for Mike. Mike thinks that's okay. But <laughs> everybody else, it's like, oh my god, that's the worst thing ever mm-hmm. because I was thinking oh maybe she's gonna they're gonna find her at the end of the film and then they said yeah we found her she's at the bottom dead bones <laughs> right. oh, God, that's just fucking terrible terrible and then if if you b- believe the the loop oh my god she's in the bottom of the water and she's like she drowned yeah 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 yeah, that's tough. But you know what? They had to kill them off to make this documentary work because if they had them come back, they'd have to explain. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Same, yes. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. Exactly. Um, let's see. Uh, anything else we want to discuss? I think I'm good. Me too. Yeah. All right. Mike. Yeah, I, I have nothing to add. All right, sounds good. So, uh, Howard's Mill, and uh, we'll give our final thoughts on the film after. Um, but first, uh, for folks who are curious, because we do have some listeners that are always curious when we're recording this, such as Pam, uh, this is January 27th, 2022, uh, because sometimes episodes aren't released immediately after they're recorded. Um, all right, so uh, do we have any news that we want to discuss or uh, things that we've been watching? Uh, I guess the first thing of, of note is uh, Meatloaf passed away. Meatloaf was a uh, um, musician, but he was also a uh, actor in numerous uh, shows and stuff, such as uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show and various other things. Uh, he passed away at the age of 74. Uh, yeah, Paulson. Paulson. <laughs> That's correct. Um, let's see. Any other news anybody wanted to bring up? Any news? News? Anyone? All right. Uh, so let's go through what we've been watching or whatever that may interest some of the folks who uh, listen to this podcast. We can start with you, Mike. Yeah. Um, I actually, just before we got on, I was watching the latest episode of Peacemaker. It's uh, <laughs> a spinoff of the James Gunn movie, The Suicide Squad, which is the second Suicide Squad movie that has only a tiny little bit to do with the previous film so if you didn't like that one still give that one a shot the, the new one a shot um and john cena's peacemaker the car is a a very tongue-in-cheek character who uh loves peace with all his heart and will kill any man woman or child in order to achieve it um it, it the, the spinoff show, I think it's eight episodes. It's on HBO Max, which is, of course, the problem because not a lot of people have it. But if you do have it, uh, the first five episodes are available to watch. It's very much got James Gunn's sense of humor. Um, it is. I don't know if there's a rating on HBO Max, but if it had a rating, it would. Uh, there's, there's, be- there's no rating. Uh, similar to Game of Thrones. You know, mature rating. audience. Uh, no, it's just mature. Yeah. Um, 
It's it's funny. Robert Patrick plays great. Uh, <laughs> uh, plays his father, uh, who is a a uh, a white supremacist supervillain. Uh, who who's the character? Who's the actor? Who's the actor again? Robert Patrick, the T one thousand from Terminator Two, Daggett yep. from uh, yep. X Files. Yep. Uh, yep, I know who he is. Yeah, so it's it's just very funny. It's very absurd, very violent at times. Uh, <laughs> it's, right. it's watching and you know a little raunchy from from here or there, uh, and it does have uh, James Gunn's signature use of music, but this time instead of seventies pop, it's going with eighties uh, glam metal hairband sound. Uh, so that, that's, that's the, the backing track for the, the series. So I highly who, recommend that. Who is your favorite character in that, Mike? <laughs> uh, Mine's Vigilante right now. I think he's really yeah, come into his own. a lot of fun. <laughs> in the small bits we've seen him in, Judo Master has been kind of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, and, but you know, you can't, you can't, it's, or it's, I know it's only January, but the hero of the year for me right now has got to be Eagly. <laughs> um, so yeah we'll see I, yeah, I, I highly recommend it uh, it's a lot of fun uh, on the other side I also watched um, finally I think it's debuted this summer uh, was Godzilla Singular Point on Netflix which was an animated Godzilla series it was 12 or 13 episodes hmm. and it started out I thought okay a lot of typical Godzilla uh human story stuff that you don't really care a lot about using some weird scientific gobbledygook that I'm not sure. It, you know, it just was more confusing than anything. And it, because talking, you know, it, it's anyway, uh, it was irrelevant. It was an attempt to justify the existence of the monsters. I could have been based on actual advanced theoretical physics because when you get into quantum mechanics, that sounds like bullshit anyway. But you're really there for the monster stuff. And I thought it started out really good. Um, they do a sequence with a Rodan. So there, there's like multiple Rodans in this film. Some of them are kind of small and, and you know, some are very big. Uh, that comes right out of the host, the Korean film. And I thought that worked well. And they use some of the more obscure Godzilla characters like Manda. There's a creature that is has a new name but it's basically an updated version of gabra uh but it honestly just gets really weird and a little bit too too much for me and i don't think and, and again not quite enough of the monsters uh although some of the monster stuff is cool it, it was just i don't know it lost me at the end it lost a lot of it but it's there if you want to watch it's on netflix free if you have netflix um, and I think, and then I watched this, and I can't, I don't think I watched anything else. All right, sounds good. All right, sounds good. Um, <clears throat> for me, um, yeah, so uh, I watched uh, the first four episodes of season one of Euphoria, which is on HBO. Uh, the season two came out, so I said, eh, I might as well try to catch up on that. Um, yeah, it's all right. Um, but yeah, that, I, HBO. I have to disagree. I think a lot of people have HBO, Mike, but that's you know besides well, I mean, that. It's but, millions, know, here and there. But it's millions less than Netflix. 
sure, sure. Um, but I think it's compatible compatible with most of the other services that are out there. Um, Netflix is going to be but, more expensive soon too. Yeah, yeah, they're going up. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's it has a uh, uh, some pornographic stuff in it, Euphoria. So um, yeah, they can get away with a lot of stuff on um, these pay stations. Um, uh, but uh, it's uh, it's, it's uh, seventy three point eight million as of January fifth, which seems to be about where it's been holding for a lot of the last year. Um, What's that? Seven point eight? You said seventy three point eight, which is a lot given that it's. Oh, that's great. That's pretty I don't, good. I don't know that it's international in international markets yet or not. Yeah, I don't know either. But yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, so yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good, actually. But, but um, again, a lot of people, again, internationally, people don't have it. So right, right. well, that's true. That's true. Um, but the one thing about it that that is good, even if they are stopping the the releasing of theater films at the same time online, um, they are moving all the theater films to HBO within sixty days. So that's pretty cool. So two months at theaters, and then immediately it's on um, HBO. So any Warner Brothers property uh, is that way. So yeah, so I watched Euphoria, so that was pretty pretty decent, but uh, it didn't really grab me as as, as I hoped. So uh, I'm doing it slower. Uh, I didn't binge it. Uh, and then the next thing I watched was uh, the best show ever, and it was Ozark season four. Part one. Uh, so they released the first seven episodes of season four. The next seven will be, or whatever number, will be released later in the year. They're saying. Uh, I heard rumors May, but then I heard rumors also Q3 or Q4. So who knows? Um, but either way, um, uh, the first seven episodes of the season four, which is the only seven you can watch, are fantastic. Uh, shows the best. Um, all the actors as usual were great uh so all the characters marty and um uh, ruth and darlene and and uh, i forget laura lenny's character's name helen is it no no helen's was the lawyer i can't remember what um laura lenny's character's name is but either way uh a great show high recommend and if you haven't seen the first three seasons uh definitely catch up on the first three seasons so you can get into the fourth season because uh, it's, uh, in my opinion, uh, I can't miss TV. Um, they, they're comparing it to The Sopranos and Breaking Bad and all that, so it's 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 really gaining um, in stature um, and rightfully so. Uh, also, uh, I've been playing a number of video games. Uh, the latest I added that is genre related is Nair Automata, uh, which is a post-apocalypse. Uh, Earth, where androids are there fighting robots that were sent to Earth by aliens. Um, the androids, though, are, are still programmed to help and try to save Earth from the robots for the humans, but pretty much the humans have already gone extinct, but the androids just keep on going. Um, and you control 2B, uh, at least the first third of the game, which is a, a sword-wielding uh, woman android um, 
that's uh, dressed in like a, a mini skirt and, and black boots and stuff. And she has this eye patch and she, it's basically a hack and slack ha- hack and slash uh, game. Um, and it's huge, huge worlds. Um, and, and it's pr- pretty cool. Uh, I recommend it was, uh, one of the more popular games from t- 2018. That's, uh, been brought back to, uh, prominence because the original game near, Evolution, I think, or something like that. Um, they they did a remake of that game, which was a 2010 game, and they re-released that. Um, so um, similar to what they did with Resident Evil um, and Silent Hill. So uh, that's a pretty good game, and I recommend. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it for me. Uh, let's go with you, Eric. Um, well, it's been a while since I got to do this, so I'm going to – Skip stuff I mentioned during our uh, recap of 2021. Um, uh, let me start with TV before I forget, because uh, I was sick a couple weeks ago and uh, had a couple days where I was basically just sitting in one place doing nothing. Uh, so uh, they had a 10-day trial of the Showtime channel on Amazon. Uh, so I signed up for that, and I binged. Uh, season one of a show called Yellow Jackets, which a whole bunch of people have been talking about. Um, it's basically a girls soccer team crashes uh, on their way to the national championships and have to survive in the woods. Uh, and then it's switching back and forth between that situation and then some of those characters when they're adults. Um, so it's pretty decent. Uh, it's worth checking out. And then right, I what's also, the name of that show again, Eric? Yellow Jackets. That's the name of the fictional oh, soccer yeah, team. Yeah. Was, was that by the uh, yeah, by Rodriguez of Blair Witch and many other things that we've done? I don't know. And I'll, I'll take a look. Uh, but, but what station is that on? Showtime. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get a, a free month of Showtime right now, actually, um, if people are interested. Uh, I noticed that. But um, yeah, let me see, Mike, who, who the series uh, was created by. Uh, um, well, either way, uh, I'll, yeah, yeah, you, you go ahead. Uh, I watched another Showtime show, which is uh, Dexter New Blood. Um, I decided to check it out because I had this free trial. Um, a lot of people were really not wanting to give it a chance because of how disappointing the end of the original series was. Uh, I personally think that this quality and this is a limited series it's 10 episodes and it comes to a conclusion and they're not doing it anymore um and i really think that the quality of this 10 episodes is closer to seasons one through four of the original series rather than five through eight i agree i haven't what, what, finished what's, it yet what show is it? dexter new blood oh right right yeah yeah and that show yeah, too right I have That's not finished it yet but i think it's really really well done so far from what i've seen we've seen at least First five episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, so Yellow Jackets, uh, Edwards, Ed Sanchez, um, he directed episode t- 10 Did of the he? series. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's his only relationship to the series because it's, it's not his. But they brought him in to direct one of the one of the episodes. Yep. Okay. Um, so uh, I, I think uh, it's worth dipping into Showtime to watch those two things. Uh, then movies, um, on Shudder, I checked out, uh, actually, I guess it's 
a documentary. Uh, it's called Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched, A History of Folk Horror. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, in the course of watching that, it inspired me to watch a movie called Witchfinder General from 1968, starring Vincent Price. And I, I enjoyed that more than I was thinking I would. Um, especially since I found out that the main character in that movie is actually based on a real dude. And that's kind of fucking horrifying. Uh, there's, there's a dude in England in the 60, in the, in the 1600s that just like went around from town to town going, I'm the witch finder general. I find witches and hang them. Hey, there's one over there. <laughs> I, I think the creepiest thing is there's this guy from the 16th century who looks and sounds exactly like Vincent Price. (laughs) So then I was watching uh, a movie called The Feast, which I didn't particularly enjoy. I mean, it's a well-weighed movie, but it didn't do it for me. Um it's one of these things steeped in meaning. Uh, Mr. Watson would probably get into it, but it wasn't my taste. Um, then I watched Coming Home in the Dark, which, Phil, I think this is this is a movie for you. Uh, it's one of those it could happen to you things. Um, could happen in real life. So check it out. Uh, oh, oh so it's, about, it's about bears? No. <laughs> no, it's not about bears. And bears <laughs> just want to hug you, Phil. Uh, no. <laughs> so what's the name of this film again uh, it's called coming home in the dark and and where do you get it is it a free one or is it a vod um i don't remember where i watched it uh this is one of the one of the watches i crammed in while i was doing my uh my blitz to shore up my list for 2021 so um uh, let me look it up and and oh, just, here we go. I've just found it. Okay, yep, I'm doing it too. Uh, okay, yeah. It's a rental. Uh, oh no, it's free on Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Okay. And That's probably where I watch it. Else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. And then, uh, what else did I watch? Um. I gave uh I gave my annual watch of the gray <laughs> this week since it's nice and cold here uh, in Michigan right now. Uh, I like to to watch the gray when it's cold every year. Um, and then I watched a movie from 1980 called by Don's early light. And it's basically the story about how someone launches a nuclear missile at the Soviet union. Um, I'm sorry, this is 1990, 19, not 1980. Uh, and it's not one of the NATO countries, but the automated systems automatically launch a retaliation. Uh, and then we get a frantic message from the president of Russia saying, whoops, didn't mean to do that. It was automated. Please don't blow us into oblivion. And, and people got to figure out whether he's telling the truth or not and what we should do. Uh, so if you're into uh, nuclear apocalypse, impending horror, uh, you might want to check that out. But if you're not, then skip it. What, what's the name of that one? It sounds pretty interesting. By Dawn's Early Light. And it stars Powers right. Booth yeah, that... and uh, Rebecca De Mornay just... and James Earl Jones and Martin Landau. Isn't that yeah, just verse story of Doctor Strangelove? <laughs> yeah, <that's> right. <laughs> kind of. 
Yeah, because all, all you need is like like India or, or, or North Korea or China to do something against Russia, Soviet Union back then, and then the Soviet Union just shoots all the missiles at everybody, and it's like, God damn it. But, <laughs> is, there, is, there a, is, there a, is there a really awesome scene where the where the president or the uh, sorry where the the Russian premier caused the American president in the middle of the night to apologize for launching a nuclear missile? Well, no, but he sends a letter. <laughs> Yeah. The letter's <laughs> getting there before the missile. <laughs> yeah, all right. It's it was it was it was transmitted. It was a fax. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, but if you're into that kind of thing, uh yeah. check it out. Somebody mm-hmm. said it was a made for TV movie, but they they drop an F bomb in the middle of it, so I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, it can't be. And that that cast at that time, that they, they were all A listers back then. So I I I, I doubt that they would would have done a TV film. Yeah. Demorney. Well, Rebecca Demorney at that period, 1980, 1990. That yeah, was probably about still, her height, wasn't it? Yeah, that was when she yeah. was huge. Yeah. When that was like, was like Pacific, either way before or right after Rock Cradle. Yeah, and Pacific right. Heights. Yeah. That's so, why I'm wondering because yeah. wasn't it. Weren't those 1990? Oh, no, it wasn't. I don't recall. Because I'm just wondering, because that could have been like, oh, shit, we accidentally hired an actress who was about to to break big. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) No, because she she was big from Risky Business already before that. Uh, I don't know how big she was from Risky Business. Well, I'm looking at it. All the boys wanted her after that film, dude. So let's see. Uh, we've got by Don's Early Night, nineteen ninety. It's a HBO original movie. That's what it is. Oh, it's HBO. It's that explains it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Backdraft, nineteen ninety one. Hand the Rock's Cradle, nineteen ninety two. Blindside, nineteen ninety three. Guilty as Sin, ninety three. Three yeah, Musketeers. But you know what? That that film for for HBO HBO was still was making some damn good products back then, so it makes sense. Mm. Um, and they could get people like that to do that, yeah. Oh, and now that I'm on IMDb instead of Letterbox, I can see it was rated PG thirteen, so they're allowed one f bomb. That makes sense. I right, think. There, there you go. Yeah. So that's what I've been watching. Right. 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 Um. They say it was a really good movie, too. How about that? It yeah. is on Amazon Prime. Oh, interesting. So it's not even on HBO. It has to be on HBO. Well, I'm, I'm sure it. it is on HBO. I saw it on Amazon Prime. It was gotcha, what, gotcha. What recommended for you. So I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very good. All right. Sounds good. So uh, now we go to uh, Barrett. What do you got, man? Um, so I've been watching Peacemaker as well. I've also been watching um, Dexter, uh, New Blood, and the books, Book of Boba Fett. I've been watching that. Um, enjoying it. Not quite as much as The Mandalorian, but it's pretty good. I'm I'm having fun with it. Um, and then as far as video games, uh, a game that... Resident I, Evil Village? No, there's a game that I really like. It came out in 2012, and they just re-released it earlier this year, and then a new expansion came out for it this year. Um, at the end of last year, sorry. <laughs> um, What's it called? So um, it's called Kingdom Kingdoms of Kingdom of Amalur Reckoning. 
Okay. And uh, it's pretty fun. It's hack and slash fantasy game. Gotcha, gotcha. R.A. Salvatore wrote uh, the the game universe for it. It's the probably the oh, biggest that's... thing about it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. from Framingham, Massachusetts. R.A. Salvatore. <laughs> he used to be he used to be huge too. He hasn't done much. He's... Maybe he's old timer. No, he still does all his his D and D books, his Drizzt books. That those are okay. pretty big still. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else, Brad? Nope, that's it. Oh, we are watching. I've been watching a Discovery of Witches as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty good show, right? Yeah. Yep. Excellent. All right, sounds good. So, uh, do a couple of house cleaning things, and uh, since you brought up a Discovery of Witches, uh, Barrett, uh, you, me, Kevin Litz, and Sean Fox are doing a podcast on that show. Yes, the discovery of witches, demons, and vampires. We discuss each episode that comes out every week. And Excellent. we are about halfway now through the third season, which is the final season. Yep, that's right. Final season. Um, Eric, and you do another podcast with your buddy, Dan? I do. It's a general interest podcast called the Scancity Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find out where we got this one. Excellent. Also, uh, there's the Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews podcast, which uh, uh, basically does uh, miscellaneous or mix and match. So interviews uh, or indie films or obscure films or art house films um, and things of that nature. We've even done big budget films like Wonder Woman 84 and uh, Greenland. Um, and uh, we got a screener that's coming up called Student body that we're going to be reviewing um and uh people should check that when that comes out uh mike uh, me you and erica do another podcast uh as well yeah why am i still surprised when you ask me this at the end of every episode i, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's the cinema card podcast that uh you and Eric and I do uh, on a semi-monthly basis. We review movies that are not horror movies that one of the three of us, at the least, really likes and wants to make the other two talk about whether we like it or not. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, episodes and, uh, that we, we have covered in the past include things such as History of Violence and Stalit and Collateral and, and Inside Out and Hostels and The Edge. And Forbidden Planet and Flash Gordon. Uh, ah. Ah. <laughs> and, uh, and there's more coming. So, uh, yeah, we, we've got another one coming up on the in the pipeline, which is a Phil film, if I remember correctly. And uh, it's one he's mentioned on the podcast a few times in the past. And uh, anyway, I, look, I haven't seen it, so I am looking forward to my first watch. And uh, you'll have to hear what it is when... It eventually gets released. All right, very good. All right, so let's get our final thoughts on this film here. So, uh, Eric, why don't you start? Um, I re- I enjoyed Howard Mill a lot. Um, I enjoyed the fake documentary aspect of it. I thought it was done very well, and I liked uh, some of the concepts put forth in the movie. Um, even if they did leave some ends dangling and everything wasn't really explained to its fullest. Um, Sometimes I'm okay with an ambiguous ending, and this was one of those times. So, yeah, I enjoyed Howard Smell. Recommend it. All right, sounds good. Uh, for me, um, yeah, this film is uh, really good. Uh, Eric was the one that got me on. 
to the film, and since it has, quote-unquote, the Greys, or possibly the Mothman, or whatever, um, it easily uh, caught my interest and uh, was a, a top film for 2021, in my opinion. Uh, I would highly recommend it, and worth checking out. Uh, Mike? Yeah, like I said, I, I've after watching this, I've just kind of come to the conclusion that that horror themed faux documentaries just don't work for me or don't seem to. I don't get involved. I don't buy them. Uh, I have trouble suspending suspending my disbelief while watching them. And we've talked more than enough about why that might be. Nevertheless, from what I've seen of these sorts of films, it's well crafted. If you like these sorts of films. You might like it. It's hard for me to tell. Phil likes it. Eric likes it. I would, for once, maybe trust their judgment, but just this one time. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Barrett? Yeah, I enjoyed this film. Um, it just felt a little bit slow for me, so I just couldn't fully embrace it, uh, but I think it had a lot of really good elements, and if you like this faux documentary style, you'll probably like this movie. All right. Sounds good. So uh, rather than name the directors and all that stuff, because again, it's all obscure because they were trying to pretend it was a real thing. Uh, we'll just let it go. But either way, it's available wherever VOD is found. Uh, so you can rent it uh, $3.99 or $4.99 or less. You also can watch it free on Vudu or um Tubi, uh, with some commercials. <laughs> Very good. Uh, and uh, with all that stated, Eric, why don't you leave us out? All right. Thanks for tuning in. Let's talk about Howard's Mill. Come back next week. We'll have another topic.